Hello and welcome to another episode of Hula La. It is Alistair here. Sam has been fired from the show for gross misconduct. He was embezzling money uh, and we couldn't keep him any longer. Just kidding, just kidding. He, he, he. Um, he has very selfishly gone on holiday to Barbados where he is soaking up the sun, which I think is very rude of him because I'm not doing the same thing. No, we're sending all our best wishes to Sam on his lovely holiday. They tell me he has an internet connection out there and he's been sending texts and I've been ignoring them. I don't think that's true. I think he's off grid. Um, but wishing you all the best, Sam. Now, don't worry, because we did get a great substitute in place. And actually, this is a conversation I've wanted to have for a very long time. On Hulala, we talk all the time about childhood and I really couldn't have a better guest to discuss it from a new angle than who I've got this week. It is my little sister, Anna. And we didn't just book her because she doesn't have a fee. No, we booked her because she has a great unique perspective on growing up with Doctor Who and the shared experiences we had when we were younger and how we saw it from different angles and how we've um, taken Doctor Who into our adult lives as well. So um, this is a great conversation this week and let's dive in. Anna, how does it feel to to be here? It feels wonderful. You feel really special? I feel really valued. You are a really interesting figure in my life. An interesting figure? <laughs> an interesting figure. Not a, not a relation, just a figure. No, just, just, a, just an artifact <laughs> of my life. You've had so many jobs. You've done so many things. I was trying to think, how do I summarize who you are and I think we could we could start by going through some of the jobs you've held oh no okay I've written down a list of some of your past jobs um can you like rate your experience with these like out of five as I go through them yes um like the scale is really yours to be subjective with but um, it's five it's five highest oh yeah five's like a five star experience for employment okay um you tutored Danish children oh over Skype that's gonna be a it's gonna be a two. One of them threatened to kill me quite a lot. Yeah. Okay. That but that would be low. You were uh, an attendant at the Legoland Driving School. Very much a three. I like that job, but then I got run over. Yeah. <gasps> of your foot. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. hard. I, I quit the job. Yeah. Photographer. Oh, five. Love it. Yeah. Anna actually shot our Hulala cover art for this season, and we're very grateful for that. Thank you. She was paid. Just to be clear, it wasn't a pro bono piece of work. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> that would have been a no. <laughs> you are a talent agent as well for kids. Yeah, five out of five. I love my job. Yeah. Any any good bookings lately? I a lot of stuff that's NDA'd, so Whoa. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal that. <laughs> okay, okay, no spoilers. You are a Edinburgh Fringe brand ambassador. Yeah, that that was a that was a five out of five as well. Another five, even though incredibly physically taxing. Oh, it nearly broke me, but I had the I had the best time. You've been a chaperone. Oh yeah, that's a good four out of five. That's always fun. Okay, it's quite positive so far. A, a social media manager. Yeah, that's that's another four. That's always fun. Yep, a fright night actor. I'm gonna have to go with three. Both the best and worst experience of my life. <laughs> I played a fifties housewife. I played a late creature who crawled on the floor. Wow. I played Clownmus, who was a who was a clown who'd killed Father Christmas and taking its place. Sure. I played a witch. You've been a voiceover artist for CITV. Oh, five out of five. That was amazing. Introducing Mr. Bean. In fact, can you do one? Can you do it now? Oh, God, you're putting me on the spot. Okay. Go on. Okay, wait, context. I They hired me because I was over 18, but in their words, could play down to 11. <laughs> 
So it went something like, back to back, Mr. Bean, every Thursday at 12.15 on CITV. Wow, the pep in that is... It's, it's strong. It's strong. I'm awake, wide awake. I think, is CITV dead now? It's not done. It, it's dying. That's a real shame. Um, you've been a Christmas elf for another unnamed theme park. Two, actually. Oh, for two. Two different places. Two different parks. I cheated this year. And doing it flawlessly. Yeah, that's another three. You've been a character for... Can I say I feel these? like I feel like you probably You've dressed up full head to head to toe costume. The and kind I'm of doing thing. it again. And she'll do it again. You've been a guest oh, this is the last one. You've been a guest excellence advisor. Oh, that's gonna be a solid one out of five. I got I got harassed at that job relentlessly. <laughs> so Anna, you had the fortunate experience of growing up with me. And on this show, me and Sam talk a lot about our childhood. And all of that is from my very biased perspective of how I remember events. What's your impression of me as a child? You were a much better behaved child than I was, I would I would say. Oh. I mean, mum did explicitly say the reason she didn't have more children was because <laughs> of me. They were originally planning to have, I think, at least three. And then mum said they had me and you'd been a really easy baby. Mm. And they had me and they actually decided that two was... Plenty, thank Plenty. you. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I remember the day you joined this world. Uh, do you? I do because I was given a Thomas Tank Engine Annie and Clarabel Brio train. I didn't question whether that was kind of plausible. I just was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, apparently is... it came from me out of the womb. Out of the womb, and <laughs> a lovely gift. Yeah, I I do remember us having something of like an Arthur DW relationship. Yeah, I would say that that's not unfair to to either of us, really. No. Do you feel that's mellowed with age, or do you still think of me as your boring older brother? I never thought of you as boring. Yeah. But I definitely... Colours within the lines. A little bit, yeah. I definitely think I had a bit more of an adventurous streak. I wanted to... Yeah, I can see that. I wanted to forge my own path. I think what we've, we've said before is we're both quite anxious people, but manifest that in quite different ways yes mine is more of a sort of chaotic energy that you wouldn't expect to find in somebody with so much anxiety necessarily no i will find out that you're in iceland oh i love i love fleeing in, a, country. In, in a lava field and that's how you're coping with a bad week you're a who fan would you call yourself a whovian i would call myself a whovian yeah yeah what other media did you love as a child that wasn't who as a child oh goodness i I'm trying to think back because when we started watching it, we were very young. Winx Club is one I remember you loved. I loved Winx Club, but we weren't meant to watch it. Or well, were fairies off limits too? Fairies were off limits. Were they? Yeah, fairies. So I had two programs I loved: uh, mm. Witch on CBBC and that Winx was Club. banned. I remember Witch being oh, banned. Oh, Witch was banned. But Winx Club, I was also discouraged from watching. But um, one of the babysitters we went to, mm. they had a kid and. Uh, <laughs> When yeah. she showed us which. And she I... showed us The Simpsons as well. That oh was, my gosh, we all of my favourite shows. I know. With time, our parents are far more mellow. I think at that time, they've been slightly taken in by that sort of like <laughs> slight moral panic around certain TV shows corrupting our young people. Yeah, it was the same sort of vibe as Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. We were no Harry Potter family. Doctor Who, the moment my life changed forever was seeing Billy Piper get off the bus, going to her little shop job um, with the tune of Westminster Bridge playing. Was that your defining moment? Did you ever look at her and think, that's going to be me? I definitely looked at her a lot <laughs> and probably thought about her in a healthy amount. I just I just 
thought, wow. Was that one that you couldn't work out? Yeah, that was Do quite... I want to be her or be her best friend? Or is there some is there something else happening here? I think it was a bit of all three. Mm. I was I was I think I was going through quite an early queer panic. Yeah. Um because I, I do I do adore Billy Piper actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I, I do remember that first episode very, I, I remember watching it off the little DVD we had. Yeah. Um We've got the free DVD in the sun. We're not sun readers. Yeah, I wish you hadn't said the name of the paper. But that is where it came. I really thought it came from something else. I, uh, But no, I looked back. You can still get it on eBay, 99p, but it is it is from the sun. I remember dad bringing it back and it being a thing. We, I think we watched it after church one day. That's what I remember. I believe that. We would put it on the family PC. I do, Yeah, I do remember that episode quite clearly. But then I think the one that I remember the most from series one was Father's Day because oh, that yeah. episode even then made me very, very emotional. But that that was actually that was one of the scariest creatures I've seen in Doctor Who to this day. The Reapers. The Reapers still freak me out. Did we I think we watched the episode with Dad? I don't remember. I feel that we did. I was literally six years old, Alistair. It was a little much for you, to be honest. I think it's rated a twelve. But what's interesting actually is that Alistair was really scared by some of the earlier episodes where I Definitely don't remember having issues. What do you remember me having issues with? Because the empty child. Alistair couldn't. Alistair was the reason we had to turn off the empty child. <laughs> I was having a great time. I was living my life. I could understand that it was fiction. I don't think Alistair was there yet. Um, I thought the doctor was going to turn into a gas mask dummy in the second episode. And I was like, don't you know what's happening? Ah! And kind of ran up the stairs upset. And then there was a bit of an argument that ensued from that. Yeah, and it got switched off for me. Um, I'm sorry, I ruined it for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I I don't remember really finding. I'm at Father's Day was my scary. I mean, I didn't love the gas. I found them a bit freaky, mm. but Alistair was quite. Mm. And what was really funny after this is that Mum would relentlessly tease Alistair <laughs> if he was behaving badly, um, which was rare. Um, but she would <laughs> suddenly start. She would just suddenly stop, and then she'd go, "Are you my mummy?" And Alistair would freak out. He couldn't handle it, and he'd just start going. Mum, stop, stop. <laughs> he was so freaked. And also Quite then cruel, maybe a year later, obviously we got the clockwork monsters and yeah. mum would bend and double. So she'd bend over <laughs> and then she starts, she'd start making like ticking noises. <laughs> and that was all it took. And Alistair would run away. He hated it. I want to clarify that I've got a really good relationship with my mum. <laughs> And that I wasn't a victim. No, no, he wasn't. And I would find it really funny. It was objectively funny. Objectively. It was funny. It's still really funny. And mum will still pretend to do it to me and I'm like, it doesn't work on me. I I feel like this is an important point to bring up. Do you remember Mm. when for a church fate, Ah, you and dad painted my face? As the Ragnos. Yes. Yes. From from the series two Christmas episode. <laughs> yes. The Empress of the Ragnos was what I decided I wanted to be. Yes. It's the fact that dad really went along with it. It's the way that we said this is the right thing to take to the family church. This fate. seven-year-old girl. Has just got a red alien face. What what made you want to have that on your face? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why did you want to be the Ragnos on that day? Well, who else was I going to be? Who suggested this? I think I suggested Did it. anyone else have face paint? No, this was a me thing. Well, what was your scariest episode? Thinking like early Doctor Who pre-series four, what what freaks you out when you were little? Um, Father's Day's one, Father's Day, because I 
A, I love my dad. And yeah. yeah, I do. I do really love my dad. And also because the Reapers, I didn't, it's the way they went for all the children. I remember that being quite freaky. Mm. You remember the park becomes empty. That was a lot. And also like seeing, I, something about seeing Jackie Tyler in that outfit sort of yeah. freaked me out. It was like, you're not in the right decade. Oh, it freaked you out. You weren't like, camp. No, I was a bit too young to. <laughs> <laughs> Six-year-old me six. wasn't going slay. <laughs> like snaps. I just, okay. it was, it was outside of my comfort zone. But that and then the Satan pit, because yeah. I do remember that probably was a bit of a religious. Mm. I, well, Sam's talked about that episode before. And, you know, for anyone who doesn't remember these ones, there was a double two-parter not a double two-parter there was a two-parter called the impossible planet and the satan pit where the doctor meets satan which is heavy and it is heavy and also i think i it wasn't just the presence of the devil it was that uh yeah there's a character called toby yes toby and And toby's possessed uh, a few points and he has this writing it was the writing that suddenly scribbled all over his skin and he has like bright red eyes don't and, I'm uh, I'm physically holding my head. I did not. I I yeah. love that episode now. Well, but it, Sam had it in a copy of a magazine back in the day, and he had to go through it and scribble Toby out on any of the pages he appeared on. Oh no! Yeah, he really struggled with that. I mean, it was a fantastic episode. Don't get me wrong; it's one of the best ones. Thinking of positive things, then, who were some of your standout characters? Not just from the old stuff, because you got back into Who again, didn't you? You sort of fell off, maybe around around the second half of Capaldi I didn't after I wouldn't watch the Raven episode and then I didn't get any further after after face the Raven I just said you know what I can't deal with this anymore too many of my friends have died I think that kind of answers one of the questions then about another favorite with that being Jenna Jenna Coleman and you know what it wasn't even that Clara was my favorite it's that Jenna Coleman It's beautiful. <laughs> and I think that's a fair response. I like I liked Oswin best. Obviously, I think everybody did. Um Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah I, do you remember yeah. we had that We had that discussion. Uh, Clara is 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 a complicated character in that she is kind of split into several versions of herself. And the first one we see on screen is actually a duplicate called Oswin, Oswin Oswald. Oswald. I think I also like the the reference to her by panic yeah. in that episode. And I think I really sort of was like Interesting. Interesting. I can, I can get on board. And I love that red dress. What was the joke she makes? I had a boyfriend called Rory. Actually, she was called Nina. It, but then she says... It I was, was going through, was through a, phase. a phase. Which mm. I was like, you can you can do better. Yeah. But I wasn't, I mean... That's the Moffat effect for that, you. Well, I was going to say, the reason I wasn't such a fan of some of those characters was just it felt very weirdly sexualized with all of them. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely adored Rose. Rose was my gateway into Doctor Who, uh not Christopher Eccleston. It was it was Billy it was Piper Billy. for me. Yeah. Um as much as I loved the Doctor, I wanted I wanted to be Billy Piper. Um and I absolutely loved Martha and Donna. I I do just remember having the strongest connections for I do remember being very upset watching Doomsday even as a seven year old. I found that very traumatic. Yeah. Um you've always really struggled with companion goodbyes. Oh when Amy and yeah. <laughs> yeah, Amy and Rory, when they kind of leap to their deaths back in, oh my god, it wasn't was when they leapt to their deaths. It's when the Weeping Angel got them. When the Weeping Angel got them, and there was a long goodbye, and Amy goes back into the past to be with Rory. I kind of turn to my right, and Anna is sobbing on the sofa, like, <laughs> like I, shaking, I... throwing, throwing up, crying, kind of level, kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like <laughs> I was not coping very well, and then what Alistair did that I think is particularly mean. Right, 
is that he then continued <laughs> to look up the song that they had died to and play it repeatedly very loudly across the house and i had to yell at him to please stop i'm a soundtrack fan what can i say i know but i was like alistair there's a time i think mum and dad had to come home and tell you to stop playing it because i was so upset i and i wasn't even i was about 15 then this is what i mean right this comes back to the baby sister thing you were much too old (laughs) no i wasn't i'm sure i'm sure other people listening will have had extreme reaction it was a very visceral reaction you had it was like you had just learned a friend had passed away a little bit yeah the one episode i like that i think is really underrated i personally i think it's i think it's brilliant is the 2012 episode uh fear her um not not made in 2012 the one yeah 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 yeah. you liked chloe webber's episode i love chloe webber man maybe that was the maybe that was the future that's one of the most unpopular episodes i i think it's fantastic i I love Chloe Webber. I love Chloe Webber. Like, maybe that's me as a... I've got... I don't know if I've ever said this before. I have earrings made of the tr- top trump... Have you seen these? I've got the top trump cards. How dare you say, have you seen these? I sent you the link. Oh, uh, yeah. You recommended it. I've got top trump cards of Chloe Webber and Chloe's dad <laughs> as, like, matching earrings. And they're just they're just the cards. They're massive. You can't really wear them anywhere, but they're funny. I'm surprised. They I'm surprised it's such an unpopular episode because I... I just love the dynamic. I the panic I felt as a you know when the doctor disappeared. I I I love the camp setup of it. It feels camp. I feel like that grammar at the start of the episode gives me good vibes. I like her little yeah. like they're all disappearing. It's, oh the grandma. The grandma. You know what I mean. Yeah. I think I just think I've seen people nowadays. Oi, that's a council axe on a council road. Let's talk about our experiences with Doctor Who events, oh, yeah. locations. So we've I've talked about this before. So we're both half Welsh. We're Welsh on our mum's side. And so we've spent a lot of time in South Wales, which is where our granddad's from. And it's where our mum grew up. And that means we spent a lot of time at Cardiff Bay. Yes. Near the BBC World Studios, where they used to have the Doctor Who experience, where they've got the um, Water Tower, which featured in a lot of episodes and in Torchwood. It's got Yanto's Shrine. It's I, got the Mummy Key Shopping Centre, which yeah. is London often. Oh, I, absolute, I absolutely love Cardiff. And there was a very, very long period of time. I really hoped the whole family would relocate there. <laughs> and I'm not sure why I thought that was a possibility, but I, re- I really was rooting for it. Just because of, of who? I think it's just the fact that it was Doctor Who was there. I really thought that was enough to make us all move. Enough for us all to relocate. Yeah, sure. I really, I really like cold nap and stuff. Um, I don't know why. I just have cute memories of us freezing on a beach. There are some really beautiful places. And I love, I love Barry Island. I'm a big. I I went there again recently. I think it's one of the best places on earth. It's very much benefit from the Gavin and Stacey boom. I think. Not that it wasn't nice. I'm just not gonna not gonna stand for the thunder. We went to the Wales Doctor Who Experience, RIP, now a car park. Oh, we went to I, I went to that I think even more times than you did, because I used to whenever I used to go up and visit Granda by myself, I used to take myself on a solo tour around the experience. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. And I mean that's quite a limited experience to do that many times. I think I did it upwards of fifteen. The story doesn't change though, does it? No. No. <laughs> I didn't realise that it had to for me to enjoy so you're just it. Whispering mouthing all the words back at Matt Smith, I can imagine that. 
was sort of the vibe, yeah. Yeah. And we went to the BFI together for the premiere of Deep Breath, Peter Capaldi. <gasps> yes, we did. And I've got we've got photos from that still. We have. That was more recent. That was maybe twenty Oh, I wanna 15? guess it was about fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. It's gonna I be really bad right. if we've got that really out. It could have been fourteen even. Yeah, and we were sitting not so far from Stephen Moffat, who was kind of a couple of rows back from us in the middle. Yes, and I do remember you saw didn't you see Neil Gaiman at one point? Um, it wasn't Neil Gaiman, it was Mark Gatiss. There you go. I did see him Apologies. and I got a selfie with him. And at the end, we queued up with everyone else to try and get a picture with Jenna Coleman and Peter Capaldi. They were coming out through the crowd and we did not position ourselves well. We did not get in line fast enough. Yeah, and some people did, but they, they got pulled away, I think. Which yeah, was... some people had sort of shoved in a bit and they almost got to us and they're like i'm really sorry guys that's all for today and they got in their cars and they left i think i might have cried over that as well yeah i wouldn't be surprised it was to be fair pretty devastating moment but we did get to see them in the flesh up close which was nice so we went to the 50th anniversary at the london exile center yes um yes (laughs) (laughs) we went to the 50th anniversary at the london exile center yes we did I actually, weirdly, don't remember as much about this as you would think because do you remember I was really ill and I insisted on coming for both days? But I just remember I had really bad tonsillitis or something no. at that point. I was very in my own little world, I fear. I didn't dress up for it, but I did. I might have brought a sonic screwdriver with me. And I think I was just so in my bubble. I'm sorry that I don't, I don't recall that. And while Alistair didn't dress up, I did insist on wearing a fez all weekend. Yeah. And I took a photo in it, a really, really bad, I think it was probably an iPhone 6 selfie. (laughs) And I used it as a profile picture for about two years. Mm. And I only took it down very recently. And I was a bit too old for that to be... Very from that age of Tumblr. I I used to have about 15 Doctor Who and a couple of Sherlock t-shirts. And I just remember I had a lot of them which just had sort of Jenna Commons face on them Mm. in different artistic styles, which again, in hindsight, is very gay Mm. and i didn't see anything about it that could be construed oh sweetheart and all all the female companions as well actually looking back i didn't have i didn't have a single doctor who t-shirt that had any of the doctors on them (laughs) i'm not joking i've just realized the closet was made of glass honey it was made of it was made of nothing the other one you had that was terrible was the sherlock (laughs) t-shirt don't because alistair mentioned this today Uh, you only realized today how bad it is what does it say anna It said, I don't shave for Sherlock Holmes, which is a quote from series three from Watson. But Alistair pointed out that it could... No, you don't need to explain it. Okay. (laughs) But I just think other people might not get... No, they'll get it. They'll know. They'll know. Well, I I didn't, I didn't, as a, well, as a 24-year-old, I only got it today. I realised what I haven't really talked about, which I should, because I loved it and you didn't do it as much. Hmm. Doctor Who Time Fracture. Yes. Because this is this is really feeding into all of my areas of expertise. Okay. So Doctor Who Time Fracture, I went to, I want to say six or seven times. This was an immersive experience. This was like interactive theatre. Yes, it was in London. Um, and it was absolutely incredible. And what I loved about it is depending on sort of which set of stairs you go down, uh, where you are in the group, you can get pulled basically into any of 13 storylines. Mm. Um, and it's just the most incredible immersive theatre. I took Alistair to do it. I think we did it together twice. Um, yeah. And I the first time I we went, I was very overwhelmed. And I had the absolute best. I love immersive theatre. It's, it's, 
absolutely firm. You really embrace that stuff. You don't get shy with that. You jump right back in. But it's, it's what I'm used to doing. I had, yeah. I had the so you've best You've been on time. the other side of it. I've been on the other side of it and I thought it was so well done. But what I what I liked about it was actually how it fed into um the wide Doctor Who stories, how they managed to tie little bits and pieces together. Mm-hmm. Very good props, sets, costumes. Oh, incre- I loved how they had the Torchwood set up. And then I love how you also had like other Time Lords. I loved the use Met of... Met Davros at one point. We did meet In Davros. full costume. You know what? I saw... I like meeting the Cybermen. I've met the Cybermen now. In per- they came out at one point. That was fantastic. The Time Lords were good. The Time Lords were good. Uh, I enjoyed the. I enjoyed the pig. I enjoyed the pig. I liked scary. the pig. That was... And I, I... But my favourite part of all... I think you did this with me, was uh, we were time agents for Zaria. Oh, yes. We joined the baddie. We did. But I, I absolutely adored her. And on the very last show that I went to, Zaria actually gets a sort of redemption arc. Um, oh. And it was really... It was actually really special. It was very oh. sweet. And they had all the cast and crew running at the very end. But I oh. think it's worth a mention. We, was that the final, the final, final day? The final, final, final... I spent... All of my money to go and see that, and it was the final show. The final, the final day. show on the final day. Wow! And I talked to some of the cast after, and it was fantastic because, um, yeah, on the very final one, uh, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but yeah, Sarai gets a little bit of a redemption arc because everybody was cheering for her, Aww. and then at the very end, all of the cast and crew from all of it. So we had some of the scientists from the beginning rush in, mm-hmm. and they all came to join us to chant and uh, rub our hands together, and make the magic work, which was really special. Aww. So I'm a big, I'm a big, big fan of anything to do with. Um, I, know I think it's coming back. I think it's just moving. I hope so. So me and Sam, one of our first episodes we did was called A Queer Universe, and we talked about some of the kind of queer history of the show and the characters. And and you weren't very impressed with this. You felt that we really skimmed past a very important relationship on screen. So I personally think you could have done a lot more into the sapphic relationship. Sure. Particularly given the rise of Thasmin um, and the fact that that was such a massive part of Jodie's reign mm. um, for a lot of people, me included. So I only really got back into Doctor Who when I watched the New Year special Revolution of the Daleks. Mm. I read on Twitter somewhere that there was potentially some sort of sapphic relationship in there. And I hadn't been keeping up with the series since like series, the start of series 12. Uh, but I really liked Jazz and I love the Doctor. So I was like, oh, I should, I should give it a go. I, I genuinely thought they were never going to go for it because I don't know why, but I just, you don't see that much explicit sapphic representation on TV. And you don't find it where there's not some horrid death immediately after <clears throat> Killing Eve. So... Mm. I sort of really didn't expect them to go for it, and particularly not on a slot which was considered family friendly. I don't know why, but you just, I just really wasn't sure whether they would actually do it. And I was really excited to see they did. I was disappointed to see they didn't necessarily follow through, but that confirmation of Yasmin's feelings and the little fireworks scene, I love that episode. I love it because I think it's a good episode, but I also love it for those moments. Um, And then I was hideously disappointed by (laughs) the bloody scene. Oh, the sea devils. The sea devils. I have never... So you didn't like the whole kind of, I can't, but if it was anyone, it would be you. No, I didn't mind that. I just thought the episode itself was wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, that episode. Okay. Um, but also, I didn't think it did... I like the little, not a bad day, am I? Cute scene. Mm, but mm. it just, again, then sort of got washed away for the next bit. Washed away. Very good. Very good. That's a sea devil joke. Basically, I think Thirteen and Yasmin is a really important development in terms of sapphic rep because in Doctor Who, we've actually had a fair amount 
as you discussed. Yeah. Of um, and particularly Russell T Davies as a gay man has written yeah. lots of amazing. Yeah. Um, representation, but it was. Uh, really how, nice. how do you feel then about some of the sapphic relationships who did have like Jenny and Vastra? I kind of slated that a bit. You I was... did, and I wasn't happy about that. Okay. Personally. I absolutely loved her. Like, I think it's amazing to have two lesbians adopt a potato. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I I don't see the issue. Um, it was more that the representation was immediately kind of like a lizard. I mean, yeah, like, we'd all love to have two humans falling in love, but we can't ask for the moon and stars. <laughs> like, let's start lizard and then work our way up from the dawn of time. Literally, let's evolve through. Oh, oh Yeah. Okay, um, it was how she was, you know, it was, maybe I just don't like the character anyway, about, you know... Ooh, I mean, I ju- I'm not saying it was my favourite representation of all time. Just ate Jack the Ripper, how did he taste, ooh, gritty or whatever. I, like, I mean, oh. I didn't, trust me, it was not a relationship that I was like, wait, yes. I was spending a lot of time thinking sure. about, but I do think it maybe led the path to something better. And yeah. also, I feel like until then, any reference to sapphic relationships on the show has always been very jokey so we've always had those sort of jokes about clara made a lot of jokes about sort of kissing women or like oh yeah there's that one line where she talks about kissing who is it um oh somebody like oh yeah Yeah, yeah, like emily bronte or something yeah and she says like oh not a bad kisser Yeah. yeah and it's just such a throwaway comment and we have those a few times with clara but it's never ever evolved into anything mm. of any substance. But that's sort of the what only thing. What about a character like Bill? Because Bill was much more developed, and that ends with her and her girlfriend kind of flying off into the stars. Aren't they both dead? Um, no, I thought they were dead too. They're not dead. They are. Um, I've rewatched. They kind of become um, like magical creatures who can go anywhere and be anything. I didn't really. But but you're pleased that Bill was there. I of course I was pleased that Bill was there for many reasons. Not only because as well it was a it was a good chance to not replicate the Martha situation with the doctor, where the doctor goes, just pretend you fit in, you'll be fine. Yeah, (laughs) and she gets subjected to horrific racism consistently for a whole series. They did correct that. That Yeah, that was. We had we had the doctor punching somebody in the face. But yeah, I mean personally, I'm a big. I think thirteen in the hours was a massive. Would I have liked to actually see them kiss? Yeah, yeah, I think that would have been. Yeah. I think that would have been great. But you know. So as as like a Who fan, how do you feel? Do you remember like hearing that Russ Who Davies was coming back? How did you feel about that? Was that a bigger deal for me than you? I did hear about it, but I I was also hearing about it in the context of Jodie and Mandip hadn't finished their storyline yet, and I was very excited about what they were going to do with 13 and Yasmin so it was actually a little bit of a bittersweet moment because I was like in one hand I'm really excited to have Russell T Davies back and I know lots of people feel a very specific way about Chibnall Hmm. but at the same time I really like the representation that Chibnall's brought to the series and the people he brings into the writer's room so I'm like both Hmm. excited but also was almost like I wish we had a little bit more time which I know very few other people feel the same way as me about that one I found that Jodie was so settled into the role at the end. And in The Power of the Doctor, I was really sad to say goodbye to her. Oh, I'm just so glad that Yaz wasn't killed off again in a bury your gaze trope. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was going to happen. You were convinced, and we had this conversation I was convinced beforehand. Yaz was and I die. said, there is no way. Dear God, please, there is no <laughs> way. We can't kill off every Sapphic character on the BBC. Yeah. So I was excited to see the fact that Yaz got not a happy ending, but got a reasonable ending on her own terms um and i was happy to see the doctor also regenerate 
peacefully peacefully um and be sort of content with that and also i like the fact we got to see yaz sort of save the day a bit at the end yeah um become the doctor with the little post-its around the tardis yes and i like to see yaz carrying the doctor back to the tardis that was romantic that's what i want somebody to carry me back to safety (laughs) (laughs) after getting blasted with the master's laser absolutely i met i met jodie at mandip at yes, Comic-Con. Did. Yeah. And I was I'm Was sh- that London Comic-Con? Yes, it was last year, February. And Wow. Was that a paid thing? The it, photo? It was. I did it for my birthday. Wow. And I I, was, I don't know where those pictures are. I haven't seen them for a bit. I don't look amazing in them, but they look fantastic. Wow. So I've but I I, I was very embarrassing, but it it was absolutely amazing. Well, what did you say to them? Oh, don't don't make me repeat that. I'm pretty sure I I'm pretty sure I said something about thank you for the sapphic representation. <laughs> if you could say anything now and not kind of garble your words, what would you say? Oh, I'm still gonna garble them here. I would say something along the lines of like, thank you for genuinely giving me representation that made me feel seen. As a lifelong fan of Who, it's the first time I've actually watched a relationship on the show that felt like it could be me. Because I've always, I've always loved, you know, 10 and Rose and, you know, 11 and River, but I never felt a real connection to those relationships um, in the same way that I felt uh, towards Yaz and 13. And it also made me feel like that was a totally, I know that if I'd seen that when I was younger, I would have really appreciated how normalised it felt. Yeah. It didn't feel like there was, there was no whole coming out storyline in the same way that you've seen before. It's like... Mm-hmm. Her grappling, it was, she was grappling with the fact that she had feelings towards the doctor, not the fact that she was having feeling towards a woman. And right. I think that's really cool, actually. Okay, yeah. So, per- yeah. But personally, I like I loved how normalised it was. Nice. Particularly because the BBC is what I grew up on. Yeah. And I know nowadays we look at Netflix and stuff and there's a lot more options. Mm. But, you know, I remember one of the first on-screen lesbian relationships I saw was Patsy and Delia from Call the Midwife. God bless did I love them. <laughs> but it they're closeted in 60s london (laughs) like they didn't kiss until the very final episode and then they left forever Mm, mm. you know yeah and apart from that the i grew up with santana and britney from glee who are my all-time favorite sapphic couple Mm. in any media ever but um you know that was american yeah and even then that came with that was you know 2009 to 15 and it came up with so much controversy about it really i don't remember that oh my all of the gay representation in Glee, they had Fox News shaking. They covered it several times. Wow. When when uh, Blaine and uh, Kirk kiss in Glee, there's an incredible... Somebody's recorded the news section about it. Mm. And they're saying it's corrupting our children. Oh, and, my gosh. And that's not long... And that was 2010, I think, when that kiss happened. So that's not... Wow. It's not long ago. So when you think about it in context of Doctor Who, we'd already be on Series 5. That's pretty mad, isn't it? Yeah. That's pretty mad. Yeah, I just find that lesbian relationships or sapphic relationships, you don't see them as much. So I guess to round off, like, what what are you feeling about the future of Who? It's coming back in November. We get Catherine Tate again. That must be one of your favourites as I'm well. I'm very, I absolutely adored Catherine Tate. I sort of knew Ka- of Catherine Tate before the series and I adored her as Donna. I thought it was absolutely fantastic yeah. casting. So I'm very excited to see her. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the era. I'm looking forward to Russell T Davies taking the reins again because we just did have some of the most epic stories. He just finished writing... He said he'd just finished seeing episode four. And he said it was one of his favourite things he's written. He said it's like one of the best pieces of work he's ever done. Which I find hard to believe because It's a Sin was one of the best things I've ever watched. That was a good year for TV when we were in lockdown. WandaVision, 
It's a Sin. Oh, I loved Wonder Vision. And Drag Race UK season two was oh, all kind of in the same. Oh yeah, that was an incredible. That was a great. That was a great time to be in isolation <laughs> with you. To be honest, we should honestly. I was pretty depressed. <laughs> There was one point in lockdown, we should talk about lockdown, because there was one, because it was just before Alistair moved out, which I think was for the best of all of us after mm. lockdown. Mm. But there was one point early on in lockdown where I was very worried about not getting enough movement in. And I bought <laughs> a basketball and I stood outside the front oh, of the house. God, that basketball. And I just dribbled the ball oh, for hours that. and hours at <laughs> end. Until eventually I got... It was so loud. It was very loud, to It was like it was smacking into the house. It was so annoying. I I was like, I can't go anywhere. Donk. Donk. And it just went on. I bought... So I bought a basketball, which Alistair couldn't stand because Alistair just wanted to be inside and pretend that the world wasn't happening at that point. (laughs) Then I bought a scooter, which Alistair promptly broke. And I've got videos of it. No, because I tried to ride it and I pulled the kind of top half of it off. You pulled it off. I fell quite dramatically. So we're very excited for the future of Who. And Anna, any any closing thoughts? How was your experience appearing on Who La La today? No, it's been lovely. And thank you for having me. Um, super proud of everything you've done, you and Sam. Well, until next time, guys, thanks for joining me on my solo app. Not so solo, because Anna was It's not really here, solo, is it? But our Sam-free edition of Who La La. I hope you guys preferred it. If you did, let us know. Rate us five stars, and that might help keep them away from the pod for a little longer. And if you want me to take over the podcast completely, let me know. Well, that's not an option. So until next time, bye-bye.